Michael stood outside his science classroom. Today was a day they were going to be covering something different, his teacher had said yesterday. As they all filed into the room, there seemed to be a bit of excitement in the air. At the head of the class, on a table, there were many tubes. They looked like maybe plastic or something else, but they're fairly long. The table itself was long. And lots and lots of copper wire. Enough that Michael hadn't really seen that much wire before. He knew when people talked of wires in his television at home or his computer, he knew they were in there. He knew that they were like, I don't know, plastic-looking channels of some kind. And he knew what electricity was. But he'd never seen them laid bare like that, so shiny and glinting in the light above. The teacher began class and began to discuss about what Michael already knew was electricity. This isn't new. How is this supposed to be something they didn't know about already? But as class went on, he took the wires, his teacher, and he laid them flat, like a bunch of sticks in a bundle left to right across the table. And it was at that point that his teacher opened a box and took out a large rectangular magnet. He had this magnet labeled starkly N and S on one side and the other. And he took it and he moved the end side up and down perpendicular to these sticks of wires. It was then that he began to discuss what Michael hadn't known before, electromagnetism. He'd heard of electricity. He'd seen and played with magnets, especially at home. He didn't remember anyone saying they were connected somehow, but somehow they were the same. As the teacher moved the magnet up and down, perpendicular across the wires. You see, children, as the magnet moves across in one direction, then perpendicularly to that direction, you get a current that flows through these metal wires. Of course, the children were listening, but they didn't quite know or understand because all he was saying was, look at me, listen to my words, and watch as these wires lay here doing nothing at all. Then he went ahead and explained that, well, you see, it's not very remarkable if these wires are just sitting here like flat noodles on my desk. But let's do something a bit more useful. What if we were to connect all of these wires into one long wire that we could run this magnet perpendicularly across? Then the small current 
being flowed into each of these wires instead would be collected all into one wire. Then we might be able to do something. But how do we figure we could connect them all? A few children shot up their hands. We could connect them with more wires. Just wire one wire to the other wire. What's the problem? We could, said the teacher. But I'm thinking something a bit more elegant. Everyone get your engineering hats on. What could we do that would allow us to move this magnet the way we've got to move it, the right direction, all over one wire? One child paying attention in the front had already seen the tubes and had the idea. They took one long copper wire. They took one of these tubes and they began to coil the wire around the tube, tightly right next to itself. So as they coiled around the tube, you began to see the tube itself became just almost painted in copper with how tightly these coils were being coiled around the tube until finally he had a long tube of nothing but tubing and coiled copper wire. He took one end of the wire, attached it to one end of a light bulb, took the other end of the wire far at the other end of the tube and connected it to the other side of a tiny LED little light bulb. And then something magical happened. He moved the large magnet through the center of the tube, which, yes, meant that the coiled wire was perpendicular to that magnet, and the magnet was moving to and fro up towards its north and south. And the light began to light the more the magnet moved, the more steady and stable that light became. And this made no sense to Michael. He looked on and he had been paying attention for all the pieces of this science class, but how in the world did this make sense? How is it possible that moving a magnet across these wires was making that light light up. Where was the electricity coming from? And the teacher explained that the stable field of magnetism around this magnet was causing the little electrons to flow in particular ways and generating that current through the wire and through the ingenious engineering feat of taking one wire and coiling it around and around and around. Well, then that gave them the physical, spatial hack to go ahead and move it freely north to south 
perpendicular. It creates the current, Michael, by moving and being exactly what it is. Michael looked on in confusion and a dim burgeoning insight. It just seemed so strange that you could take a particular object in the world, move it in a certain way, and it was like you got free energy. Suddenly something seemed so valuable in so many circumstances was generated as if by nothing at all. Almost like the electricity was in the wires the whole time with the air around them and simply called forth by the movement. Called forth by someone simply doing what wasn't obvious before. If you'd left Michael with a long coil of wire or a bunch of long sticks of wire and a magnet, he thought to himself, the chances that I would go ahead, figure that out, and attach it all to a light bulb or something to tell me, ooh, it's working. It's not plugged into a wall or a battery, but somehow the light lights. No, he would have done many things, but not particularly that thing. There seems so many things about the world based on esoteric movements, understandings, perspectives that seem obvious from one point of reference, but that would leave the rest of the world in ignorance. It would leave the other players of the game looking in and not understanding a thing at all. Michael wondered what it's like to be an electron inside that wire. To be called forth and moved in invisible ways by the motion of forces beyond you what it felt like to have magnetism itself moving you, flowing through you so much so to generate energy, direction down a channel when you were just sitting there, a possibility. a truth to be actualized by just the right motion, idea, insight of what to do when for this particular system. 
The electron doesn't need to know anything at all. It simply exists. And when the magnet comes, the electron moves. It just occurs. It's not hard or difficult. It just takes an understanding of the world where an intelligent, well-guiding hand comes in, moves the world in positions and ways that were always possible, and lets reality itself do what it's going to do. And then he felt into what it must mean, what it must feel like to be the magnet, to simply exist with this beaming force around you. You can't see it. What must it feel like? It just looks like an inert rectangle. What must it feel like to exist like that? An ever-present force flowing its way out of you back in a stable field. If you were a magnet, would you even notice? Until you were brought into the presence of iron filings, or copper wires, or some other aspect of the world that would bring to life the potential that your field brings. Suddenly the world around you, resonating with that which exists, in you. What must it feel like to be that magnet, the supplier of the force of the world for that light bulb, where the energy and light simply find their way when moved by the being of a force beyond time and space? The light lit up the classroom. The teacher looked on at his simple work for an adult further down the educational path than his students, but in no way different from them. Not in truth, not in character, not in possibility. He looked out at their faces, some still confused, some inattentive for the time being, and some lighting up with the true face of insight, of open learning, of connection to the truth of the reality around them. And there was Michael 
sitting in a stillness as he took all of it in. As an understanding grew inside not just his mind, but in the fabric of his magnetic being.